Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. Visit b21.io slash hustleshare and get $2 upon signing up. Also by Ideaspace, a nonprofit supporting innovation and technopreneurship as a path to nation building. Ideaspace runs an annual startup competition. For more information, make sure to sign up for their newsletter at ideaspacefoundation.org slash connect. Also by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. Apply to get $1,000 free hosting credits and get a chance to win an Amazon Echo Dot at hustleshare.com slash AWS now. A unicorn has to be, there's three things a unicorn has to be able to do. You need to be better, you need to be faster, and you need to be cheaper. Welcome to Hustleshare. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to episode 111 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by B21 a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today, for the second time ever, we're going to be having a repeat founder that's going to be going back to tell us how he raised $2.1 million. 
during the pandemic. And his name is Ray Refundo of Acquire. Now, before Ray tells us how he actually did it, he's going to go all the way back to where we left off in his inaugural episode and share with us the traction and how they were able to finish 2019 very strong. Now, just like everybody else, 2020 was a challenging year for them. And they'll share the story of how they lost a lead investor that backed out and how they were able to bounce back and get a different lead investor for the Series A round that they just raised. Now stick around till the end because Ray will share tips on how you can actually raise during the pandemic and a lot more in this amazing episode. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Acquire, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are going to have our second comeback guest. That means we've been around for quite a while now that we've run out of legit motherfuckers to actually have on the show. Uh, uh, That that can tell a story. But before I get carried away, I need you to applaud him with me because this guy just launched 2.1 million dollars for his startup so welcome back to the show mr ray rapundo of quickwire hey guys thank you for having me again for the second time bruh I, last time you were here we, we met in person correct it was too close for comfort a little bit but yeah. <laughs> well i'm glad i'm talking to you man this has been a fucking fucked up year for yeah. for a lot of good uh, for a lot of things but i think it's not a bad year for you. Just you must be feeling like two million dollars. You're not just feeling a million like a like a million dollars. You're feeling two million dollars again. Congrats, bro. It's it's been a been an amazing year. But before I get carried away, just like every other episode, Ray, what's your hustle? Oh, hustle is basically to to grow this business for the next few years. Uh, if we don't grow, we die. So that's why. <laughs> All right. So again, I've been complacent. We've been complacent since we launched in 2016. So yeah. it, there, were, there were there were years in between that that I became complacent. Yeah. But uh, you know, I need to step up and uh, right. respond. Now that we receive money from uh, big investors, we need to take this seriously now. Okay. Now, before we ride the hustle share time machine, we're not gonna go all the way back to how he started because we already had him on the show before, and he talked about how he was able to do that. The context of this episode is from the last time we spoke. We're gonna talk about from that point to here to two point one million dollars because again, if you're just interested to to have a track back, it's gonna be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. It's gonna be there. So you wanna understand this guy furthermore and how the struggles and and all that shit because he went through a shitload of shit for real uh, just to get here and now two point one million dollars. I wanna hug y'all and play basketball with (laughs) y'all, but the pandemic's a bitch, right? So (laughs) again, um, bro, I need you to buckle up real quick. Because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share time machine, not all the way back, but from where we actually took off the last time. So buckle up. Okay. Oh, shit. Bruh, I, I updated my shit too. <laughs> Boom. All right, we're back to 2019 when there's no pandemic in the middle of Perea. Imagine I had that hair. I had hair. Yeah. And you had hair. <laughs> right. So, Ray, um, since the last time we talked, again, I mean, middle. 2019. I remember when I re- released your episode. I was in Singapore, right? Um, 
around September or August last year. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You what what changed? Uh, how how was the end of 2019 for you, uh, for for Quickwire and uh, let's let's talk about 2020 after that. Well, the end of 2019, uh, we were expecting to close the round uh, early the following year, maybe January, February. Uh, it was already pushing to March, but March we were we already had a term sheet early on in early oh, that year. So yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We have a lead investor. Uh, so and 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 uh, they backed out because of the pandemic. Uh, oh, one backed out because of some of the reason, and then the other one uh, said pandemic. Let's see what's happening. Uh, maybe the end of the world. So, <laughs> so yeah. So we had to find another lead investor uh, all the way to, and we got one in June, July, and then we started working on the paperwork. So even if you get a term sheet by June or July with a new lead investor, you have to find a uh, follow-on investor. So it took another few more months. Five more months before you actually close around again. So, just for context, again, if you're listening to this because of the K drama startup, it's very similar. But this is a real founder in the Philippines that we're doing, and a lead investor is gonna play Pied Piper all the time, right? And it's important that your lead investor actually has clout because you can't just randomly pick a lead investor that does not carry on the respect of other people that wants to jump in, right? Now, I'll I'll share context with that, but. Man, that would have been tough, but I'm pretty sure just like how you've done the business for the longest time, you've been able to manage to stay afloat, right? And and do, do well. But traction-wise, 2019 to early 2020, what? how was your traction going? Because you guys were doing steady revenue. And I remember you gradually opening, uh, growing the team, opening up new offices in Ortigas and then Makati. Errol now has a baby. I mean... Uh, El Ross, Errol. Baby, El Ross El already Ross. has a baby with you. Just kidding. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, the boys are doing well. You know what I'm saying? So, um, how what, what, how was traction like? Did, what was it? Was there a big disruption? Again, pandemic is obviously a different uh, animal. But from late 2019 to early 2020, what were the numbers, or how were you guys doing? We did around 1.7 million dollars last year in revenue. At in 32 revenue? million, yeah, revenue and 31 million dollars in transactions. Uh, this year we're gonna probably do 51 to 55 million in transaction US dollars and 2.6 million dollars in revenue for this year. Wow, I don't many. I don't know. I don't know how many founders, by the way, that can actually claim in revenue clean profit. Revenue, right? No, no, no. Um, we still have to deduct the cost of revenue, which the fees. I mean, yeah, costs. Bank. But at the end of the day, that's all. That's already in your pocket, right? There's cogs. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's. That's a good. But dude, one point seven million, right? Now, again, walk us back again. How did you build up uh, a revenue stream of one point seven million dollars per year? Because for those people who hasn't listened to that episode yet of you, again, they they have to go back. Enlighten the, the listeners again how you were able to, to pivot because this is not your original business model, right? How were you able to pivot into this 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 gold mine that you're in now? I don't know if it's a gold mine. <laughs> uh, we you know we, we started uh, as a payroll system back in 2014 when we you know right but for freelancers right it didn't work out right so uh, we've been you know floating around 2014 2015 and we we stumbled upon real estate 2015 and then we started building the platform uh, started getting the licenses and we launched in 2016. Yeah. So from that point on we got our first big developer century properties and then from there we we, we 
we were having difficulty really closing big developers. So it's like yeah. part of a, sm- a slow growth. In- and plus, when you're doing enterprise, you onboard the big, big real estate, it takes time to uh, convert their customers. So yeah. it, it's been a slow but solid it's a long game. Yes, yeah, a long game. Now, and, and the kind of payments we receive are mortgage. It's like a recurring thing. So we never really have a problem with uh, consistent cash flow after we get a first coin. Which is a boon, by the way, because a lot of startups struggle to have MRR, monthly recurring revenue. And by default, your, 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 your revenue stream is really geared in towards having a monthly recurring revenue. Right. So in that said, um, uh, from that point on, so you're growing steady 2019, 2020. Was there a tipping point that really uh, do that? Did you close a big client or did just the supply all of a sudden or the demand all of a sudden uh, skyrocket? What, what pushed that to happen? Well, I would say the closing of Century was a uh, closing of the deal with Century was a pretty big one in tw- early on when we launched. But uh, we, we, we went to Ayala, we went to the other client, the other big ones. Uh, we couldn't close them yet because they were using something else. Right. And um, and we didn't have a lot of history at the time. So it was very difficult to convince people to trust us with their millions of dollars in payments uh, to say, oh, there's a team of four people. It's Jimmy, Zyro, Irvin, and Jesse. And then El Ross was added a year later. Yeah. And so, it, it, so it's really hard to ask people to trust you. But uh, later on, eventually, uh, we started building that, building history with some smaller clients. And we, mm-hmm. we started closing the big ones. After we closed Ayala Land, Mega World, SMDC, they all just start closing, you know, the deals start closing almost all at the same time. So that's um, that's the tipping point, if you will. Got it. But if you're asking me if there was, is there any one single event that's like uh, decisive, you know, like uh, you're, you're waiting for that one single decisive event of victory, there's none. Really, it's a small, it's more like a lot of small successes Correct. accumulating. And that's, yeah. that's what I want to provide because again, in, in, in some of the, Things that they always say. They always look for the home run. But in reality, in order for you to win, you need base hits. You know, first base, second base, third base. Steady growth because those home run swings sometimes are too risky. Right? You put all in and, you know, uh, you along with those home run swings come with Hail Marys. And you hope like, holy shit, I hope this works. I hope this works. And then boom, it doesn't work. A majority of the time, that's why, that's, that's why uh, Mayweather is a really good fighter. I mean, he doesn't care about glory or having a spectacular fight, you know, explosive fight that people love. It's boring. It's very technical. He's always on the edge of, you know, so he, he, he wins by points here and there and then right. he walks away. You know, he's, he's a, he adopted the Sun Tzu strategy. He's a gorilla right. kind of a, yeah. Correct. And at the end of the day, it's the W that matters, right? And of course, the yeah. W comes with money because most, most of the time, startup founders also, I've seen this happen so much here in the Philippines, of course, everywhere else. But in the setting of the Philippines, they always say like, yeah, if I do this feature, uh, it will make us blow over the top. The tipping point would happen. In reality, it does not, right? So for you, it's a series of ser- small wins, but I want to dig down deeper. So when you said that you close the the, the supply side, which is the, the real estate um, um, developers, developers yeah. how did you get that demand side? Does that come in hand in hand already? Or did you have to also get their, their, their clientele to actually use you? Yeah, our marketing team starts working with their marketing team to convert their users. Mm-hmm. So we also train the agents. So we have an agent training program that's very, very high, highly specialized and focused on, on that. So really like focusing on real estate. We don't do any other types of, you know, Payments processing, just real but how did you get buy-in? Because 
real estate is very, very traditional in terms of processes and methodologies, and it's hard to get buy-in, man. They they don't really like to 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 change a lot of things because again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But for you to get buy-in from from the agents from the marketing team, that's a whole other pitch on itself. How do you get them to like? All right, this is QuickWire. This is what we do. And um, what, what are we? What, what did what change? And how did you get the buy-in from from the from the ground? Because at the top you get buy-in, that's great, but it's a whole another battle downstairs. Well, it, it was broke, and it needs fixing, right? Uh, yeah. They were uh, clients were using Western Union to pay their real estate. You know, Western Union was designed for you to send money to your loved ones, mm. right? It was never designed for you to pay for anything. There's no chargeback. There's no refund policy. Nothing. Right. Imagine the early days of e-commerce when Amazon came out. I mean, eBay came out, and people were like buying from, selling from each other. Okay, I'm, you're in Ohio. I'm I'm in Wisconsin. I'll send yep. you. A, uh, I'm ordering a laptop from your eBay website, right? And then I ordered a laptop, and I have to pay you first, right? A lot of people were either mailing a check or using Western Union. So I use Western Union. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll write your name down, and I'll yep. send you the cash via Western Union. And once you get your money. You, you ship me the laptop. I don't know if the laptop is broken or you send me a, a box of rocks, right? Which happens a bunch a of dildos or whatever. <laughs> so it, it happens a lot, right? So yeah. so what happened is there's no there's no recourse for the buyer. There's no uh, – it's not PayPal. It, it, it's a Western Union. Once yeah. you send money by a Western Union, they don't care. It's not supposed to be used for transactions. In fact, they have a different license. They have a remittance license, not a payments license. Mm. But when PayPal came into the picture – people stop using Western Union for e-commerce. Now, the idea of using Western Union for e-commerce seems ridiculous, right? Right. So, in, in, especially in the U.S., right? So, but, but for international payments, people are still using Western Union. I'll send wow. you money. I'll, but but the, the Western Union does not actually pay your condo or your property in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to send the money to someone you trust and, uh, and trust in the Philippines, Shit. like a friend or relative, and then you have to send it every month. And uh, they get it, and then they go to the bank and make a deposit and take a picture of the deposit slip and email to the accounting department. of the, So up. it's a really messy process. So now yeah. we allow developers to build their clients directly. The people abroad can use whatever accounts they have. If they, use, if they have a Chase, a Bank of America, they can use yeah. it to pay their real estate here. They don't have to open a bank out here. So the integrations you really did was offshore banks or whatever payment processors in order to get that money and also route it to the local developer whatever it may be because what again that that's that's a big need again just also the real estate um businesses here make a lot of bank by closing ofws because they have the the liquidity or at least the what they make uh can pay for so much more here in the Philippines, and that's why all these developers always attack the the, the real estate market overseas. That's right. Um, uh, uh, the default rate is smaller because they, they have a consistent Correct. job. Uh, they can buy, you know, uh, it depends on which kind of OFW market, right? If you're targeting the U.S., Canada, there's a lot of professionals, there's nurses and doctors, uh, you know, so okay. that, that's, that's a different, yeah. <laughs> so uh, England also, if you they get the Hong Kong, the Hong Kong one is a different market, uh, yep. mostly low cost housing and so. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Now let's take your first break, Ray, and then I want to dissect when we come back how you were able to race during the pandemic because it's very hard. But let's talk about that more after the break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at PH, the country's biggest SaaS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with the $2 million man who's making a lot of money uh, and making a lot of money. Quick choir. So, again, Ray, thanks for, for being here. But now, here's what, what I understand because, dude, it's already hard to raise money uh, from, I mean, from a non pandemic point of view. But what more during the pandemic? So walk us through how you were able to do it because, dude, this is so hard. And I'm going to share a little bit of, of my experience doing this uh, because I, 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 we were trying to raise as well in Podcast Network Asia. And fucking pandemic just fucking threw all the fucking legwork we've already done. How is it for you? I know a lot of stories too. Well, ours was yeah. also delayed by eight months, right? So it could have wow. closed in March, right? And mm-hmm. and yeah, but anyway, we, we, we got a new lead investor. Uh, the lead investor we have now was actually a follow-on investor. And then when the oh. lead left, and they say, well, what's going to happen? What are we going to do now? And then it took another month to decide, okay, well, we're going to lead this company. Mm-hmm. They really wanted to get in. And they believe, they said they believe we we're going to be a unicorn. I hope they're right. <laughs> I believe that's it. Dude. You are in a really nice spot because that 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 month it's again that the monthly recurring revenue, right? It's it's not a one off. It's not a one night stand, right? And you just scale this across multiple developers, heck, even overseas. But walk us let's, let's dissect it one by one. So you lost your lead, right? How was the business doing during the pandemic? During the pandemic, did 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 the demand skyrocket? Because I'm pretty sure there's. Again. <laughs> Uh, they're, see the fog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. They, they can't see it, but if uh, Ray is telling me that his eyeglasses are fogging right now, <laughs> dude, this is hilarious. But um, how how um 
how did the demand or at least the transactions uh, get affected by the pandemic? Because again, we're we're lucky as as companies because we were ready for this pandemic when it happened. It's easy to work from home to do everything digital. A lot of businesses weren't that lucky. I mean, again, we're, we're just, a lot of it comes with luck and preparation um, because we were in the right space. Imagine if this was a more like a like a weather catastrophe and the internet cables were all fucked up. We'd be the first one to go, right? Yeah. Um, but for you guys, how did that happen? Because I'm pretty sure that influenced the way you got that new lead uh, when the pandemic hit and you guys were still doing better. Actually, yeah. Um, when when it hit, uh, March was down by 13%. Mm. And then April was down by 1%. Oh, and you May was away. May was back up by 30%. Wow. And then by June, they decided to invest. The reason it went down is because there was a reduction in new sales of property. Yeah. But we still have those recurring ones that have years to pay. Correct. So that one pretty much kept us afloat, right? Uh, mm-hmm. 15% of our transactions are new sales. 85% are recurring sales, you know, recurring payments for mortgage over the period of wow. how many years, right? So that's, uh, and then they saw how strong, this could be the worst thing that ever happened to any economy, right? But the, the, strong, the strength of the business model uh, and then that convinced them basically, that, okay. And they talked to our clients also. They talked to yeah. Yellow Land, they talked to, you know, Century and, and the other developers. Mm-hmm. So they decided, you know what? Um, the, these clients of theirs are telling them they want to use us, they want to expand using us. And the good thing that happened was a lot of these developers yeah. started becoming more aggressive in selling online. Mm-hmm. And when you sell online, you're not just selling locally, yeah. you're also selling internationally. Before, before the pandemic, Developers send agents abroad to sell. They have roadshows, they have events. You know, like it's very expensive. In fact, some of the biggest developers in the Philippines, from the Philippines, they have sales offices in London. They have sales offices in Tokyo. Ayala has this, Century has this, Mega World has this. But the smaller developers don't have sales offices abroad, so they couldn't sell internationally. But after the pandemic, when when things are now being online, even the smaller developers started selling online international too. So our, our, our base of potential customers have expanded because of the pandemic and we're seeing that growth uh, recently. Got it. Okay. Now let's talk about, again, losing the lead because there's nothing more fucking mind-boggling than losing a lead investor which you've been working on for, for the longest time and all, you, all of a sudden you have to uh, go back from scratch. Again, the, the function of the lead is playing Pied Piper. Most of the time, and I, I got this from Roland Ross. He always said it. He says it. It's like a Mexican standoff, right? Nobody wants to fucking pull the gun, but everybody's just like, yo, okay, what's up? What you going to do, huh? And then nobody wants to pull the gun until someone takes first blood. And that lead investor is the one that takes first blood. When you Actually, the, that, lead investor, the lead investor was not the first one to back out. There's another potential follow-on investor, also from Singapore. You probably know him. Uh, yeah. They uh, they also backed up first because they thought uh, I'm not sure they have other priorities and they didn't yeah. think it was scalable because it was very hard to scale what we're doing. We do a lot of specialized, customized stuff for enterprise, mm-hmm. but we found a way not. But before they were right, uh, it was hard right. to scale, and um, so that's the reason. And then they backed up first, but nobody backed up yet. And then later on, after when the pandemic hit, the, the lead investor said, "You know, let's wait it out." They didn't leave; they just waited it out, and right. then uh, let's see what happens. And then. Um, and then the, one of the follow-ons, which is Spiral, is one of them came in. When we got Spiral, and then uh, 
Gentry. Gentry is uh, the big fund, also from uh, one of the big family offices here in the Philippines. Yeah, you can't tell. Uh, you can't say who they are from, okay? <laughs> but anyway, I, I can, but oh, you, you can, know. but still, yeah. just let the, the guys Google who Gentry fund yeah. is, okay? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and, and because of that, we're talking to uh, some of the biggest developers now that it's also part of the group. Um, and they're really excited about us. And, and in fact, they wanted to invest more, but we have to decline because we, we don't want to get too much dilution. In fact, we, we, we declined $4 million of offer oversubscribed, <laughs> you know? So we only wanted to really take in 2.1 on equity. That's right. it. We're not going to take any more. Um, because our valuation actually went down because of the pandemic. We kind of gave them a oh, you did? Uh, pandemic discount. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I won't say how much, but... So we didn't really want too much dilution because the company is profitable last year, and yeah. we're gonna be we're, this month. We're gonna break two hundred fifty thousand dollars in monthly revenue this month. Wow! Right. So we were targeting actually by early this year we we're targeting half a million, but we only did half of that for. Right? Well, again, so yeah, this year if you just made it out alive, you have to give props to yourself because this oh, year a lot it's like the freaking grim grim reaper on businesses. Right, you just fucking went. The Holy Ghost just went out and fucking get, killed everybody. So if you made it out alive, you got to give props to yourself because you still have a chance to bounce back next year, right? A lot of we're in the right industry. We're, we're we're fortunate to be in the right industry, right? A lot of that is really just luck. Nobody could have yeah. predicted this pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We, we we were structured for, for work from home. We've been doing that mm -hmm. for three years now, two days a week. So we had all these tools that Slack and and Click ClickUp oh. and Notion. And yep. that people are just starting scrambling how to use after you know the lockdown. Yeah. Right. But it, it did put the test to us, yeah. Okay. Now I want to talk about that one thing that uh, one of their potential investors said that wasn't gonna scale. And you said you finally figured it out. Can you talk more about what that would be? And is that a choir uh, that you're talking about? How, how, what was that like? Mm, it's kind of a, I can't really disclose it too much. Okay, okay. It's, oh, right. it's going to no reveal problem. too much of our strategy. And okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, my bad, my bad. Okay, you know, right, it's but... very hard. It's very hard to scale an enterprise product, right? Uh, because every time you close a client, it takes it takes weeks and weeks and months to develop. Yeah, the platform, it's a long game, man. Connect to connect to their SAP and all that. Mm. But we found a way to ba basically modularize everything and just like wow. boom, 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 we're done. Yeah. Once so, you figure out how their entire system works, you can automate a lot of this uh, process, and then that's what we did. You can launch okay. with a client within days now. What used to take two to three months, it does not take two to three days. Yeah. Wow. So integration really to again, and the challenge with integration always is each company has their own infra some are fucking on premise some are more advanced some are in the cloud so you have to have a really good swiss knife of a product that in can integrate with with uh any type of system that that's out there we're focused on the erp system only and because most of them use sap and oracle that's that so we, ask, we can also do other ones and we built modules for that so nice. that that once you build the, the first module for the first big one uh, there's hardly any deviation rate rate for, for the next one. So just repeat. a few changes here. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that that became uh, it's becoming more and more scalable. So that's uh, I think uh, we we really took it to heart when when they rejected us, uh, and then actually actually change uh, our strategy because of that. And that's I think it's a good thing. All right, sounds good. Now I want to talk about acquire uh, because in in before again a couple years ago you were in Vegas. Of all people, I mean, of all places, trying to do an ICO for Acquire. And now, in the, in the PR that you launched just a couple of days ago, um, this fundraise, you said, is for doing Acquire. Walk us back again. 
what acquire was supposed to be where you didn't really get the money that you needed to do using an ICO and what you're going to do with that money now that it's a straight up equity round and you can do acquire properly. Well, uh, Acquire is a, a platform for uh, brokers and developers to be able to access foreign markets. If, they, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a broker and developer, you want to sell property to foreign buyers or ma- do property management, even if you're thousands of miles away. Uh, these are the things that it does. Uh, so a lot of developers here, they, they, they try to get clients abroad, right? They can try to get the, not just Filipinos, but also foreigners. So we make it easy for them to do it. Uh, you know, we have all this, well, everything they will ever need, we have it. Wow. That sounds like we had a we had a change in focus on real estate recently. That's why we we went, went with the acquire. Okay, no, the change in focus is: Are you going upstream? Uh, because now you're you're basically once that sale happens, which you're not really part of. Uh, once the MRR, once a monthly mortgage payments happen, that's where you come into the picture. Are you going upstream in bridging the developers and the potential buyers overseas? Is that what you're trying to do with acquire here? No, we just work with developers, and then they they use the invoicing system. They use the mm-hmm. uh, actually a lot of our tra- uh, transactions are also now uh, uh, loans, right? So uh, Filipinos overseas, when after they pay the developer for the first three years or four years, Got it. Uh, when the unit is ready for turnover, they have to get a loan from a bank. In the right, place. right. And uh, and many of them have to come back home and submit paperwork. Yeah, it's annoying. It takes three months to be here <laughs> applying for a loan here, but we can we can we can we can apply for a loan online while you're abroad. In the Philippines, and then we're connected to ten different banks. And once they uh, once they get a pre-approval, right, and they come home, they only need to say for a few days to sign some paperwork because they already got a pre-approved. And then uh, wow. that's it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, th- there are cases where they don't have to come home. They're gonna do a power of attorney, their relative, yeah. whatever, and then they do the paperwork for them. So it, it just makes it easier for them to, to, to do the application while they're over there instead of rather than coming back over here and staying for three months. That's a lot of lost wages right there. Absolutely. Now. What else is the vision now with Acquire? Uh, you now have the resources to do whatever you wanted to do a couple of years ago with the ICO, and that didn't really pan out well. Or at least you didn't get the the, the funds that you needed. Um, it did raise uh, around two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but we had to convert. Um, we had to uh, refund some of them, and some of them we had to convert to equity. Got it. So you went at uh, equity round, but again, now you have the money. What you going to do with it? Well, basically focus on uh, the real estate space and focus on, uh, right now we're focusing on the Philippines. Initially, we had plans to expand to Thailand, but that's going to be put on hold for the moment because, uh, you know, uh, it's pandemic, right? So everything is unpredictable. So trying to go overseas right now, we need to perfect the business here first before we try to replicate it abroad, right? Why would you scale something that doesn't work or doesn't work Correct. as efficiently as it should be right yeah and timing is everything you know just you don't want to scale just for the sake of scaling and you're not your team's not ready your tech's not ready there's always the right time to actually get it done and let's now talk about your team because right? if, if you try to scale something that has a flaw you're also scaling the problem correct you know it's like spreading yeah. wild all, the, all the negatives correct yeah um now let's talk about your team um Pre-pandemic, I'm pretty sure you're you guys are one of the most tight-knit groups uh, out there, um, like a frat house, but it's a good frat house. <laughs> but no hazing. Yep, no hazing. Just a lot of fucking dicking around <laughs> by the boys and a lot of basketball after work. But what what changed uh, during the pandemic for you, and how did you still push on forward given that you know 
lockdowns happen, remote work happens, and how did you make sure everybody's still on the same page? Well, for one thing, I did have a hand, all hands meeting. We do it every every month, and then we have a management committee meeting. And managers actually do, you know, uh, care take care of their team. Um, uh, we've always been a team, and we have an overall goal, goal, and then people do their do their, do do their work their own way, right? Yeah. So, flexible time. So that that that's the culture it has it has always been. Um, so I think it, it, that kind of friendly environment atmosphere was uh, was vitiating throughout the company. So yeah, that's just what you know. Pretty help us kept us together, I guess. Okay, what, not a lot of drama. If you not not too much drama. <laughs> not not until you know it. They've been fine. just kidding. <laughs> no, it's a really tight group. I love them. Um, last question before we take our last break. What was the hardest part of the pandemic that you haven't talked about yet? Because again, everybody's hit. And regardless if you were basically safeguarded and you were in a lucky space, just like us, you know, uh, being being thriving in the pandemic, I'm pretty sure there's still something that fucked you up uh, some, somehow, some way, at least business-wise. What was that and how did you overcome it? Well, it's not, it's not just one thing, right? It's, it's, I wish I could answer you with one thing. That, okay. Same thing, decisive, fuck up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Nothing like that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, nothing exciting <laughs> yeah. or calamitous happen um but i would say uh, the fact that many of our team members uh work from home is great but the problem is um people get tired of working from home if that's the only option they have you know if you tell them they can work anywhere they want starbucks home go to the office because people want to come to the office and socialize and all that stuff right so uh, people start realizing that now actually a bunch of people are coming here today we're doing our monthly data analytics meeting so there's gonna be 15 people here today Pretty sure you're gonna be celebrating. You just unleashed a bag couple of years ago. I mean, a couple of days ago. Uh, that, uh... <laughs> oh no, we 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 really got their fundraise last last early early this month. No, I understand, but you did the announcement, so everybody's like, ah, cats out of the bag, motherfuckers. Let's go. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but yeah, again, what those those little things? Uh, what were those that you had to overcome? Well. You know, uh, boredom for, for people, and uh, there was a point where I was drinking every night, like beer or two. <laughs> I stopped doing this. <laughs> oh man! What? What? what, what you, before, after work, you have something to do after work, right? Yeah. Uh, but there's nothing to do after work, so just yeah. work, work, work. And also, uh, it ended up I'm having more meetings than usual because, Correct. you know. What normally would have been like, you walk to your coworker's desk, hey, you, you do this, you know, small, short conversation yeah. becomes a Zoom meeting. Yeah. So you have all these Zoom meetings, like it gets, it gets tiring too. I, I hate meetings, right? Meetings here should not last 30 minutes for us. Uh, only a management committee meeting can last an hour, but mm. uh, every, every meeting should last pretty quickly here. Absolutely. All right. Let's and take we, have last- action item, we have action items too. Yeah. All right. Now let's take our last break and when we come back, let's wait forward and teach people how to make and raise money and then overcome and thrive in the pandemic. Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter 
Order has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. Hello, 
And we're back in the rain. We're still with three-way spray rage. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so what's up? We are still back with my good friend Ray Rifundo again, who's just fresh from raising that dollar dollar bill, uh, two point <laughs> one million, right? So Ray, uh, I want to pay it forward, uh, just like how we did it the first ep- uh, first uh, episode that you you guested it here, and you you mentioned earlier in the second part where you were rejection and you took it to heart. What's your advice? Because a lot of founders um, would eat rejections on a daily or weekly basis. And you took it to heart and you still got the better out of it. Um, what's your advice for founders who are going through, you know, shit, especially the first timers who like, oh my God, I got hurt by your packing comment. You're an evil son of a bitch, right? Um, how, well, what's your advice for those people who are going through that and have never encountered it before? Oh, uh, well, I used to be an Jehovah's Witness. I used to knock on people's doors preaching religion and, oh. uh, you know, the Bible. So you get rejected every time. Like, <laughs> you're expecting, no, you're Jesus expecting to get rejected. <laughs> yeah, you're expecting to get rejected. And then when you get a yes, you're like, oh, it feels good. You know? yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, not, it's not easy to be rejected. But you have to remember investors also have their own strategy. And they have to follow that, right? So, mm-hmm. they have, yeah, so it's going to happen. I think on average, you have to pitch to 50 investors before you get your first one. 50 on average. Wow. 50 is to one. Remember that. But again, once yep. you get a strong lead, everybody else just follows. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that, that that's the most important part. Now, in terms of getting investors, how do you network? How did you get your 50 leads? Because it's easy to say, yeah, I need 50 leads. But what the fuck? Where, where do I get those 50 leads? And well, again, 50 it's leads, a mixed bag. Uh, yeah, just go to networking. Like, like Kubo does a lot of networking, Bitspace, uh, Kickstart, yeah. you know, uh, they do, I, I'm, we're always there, you know, it's free food, right. <laughs> free beer, free food, they're there. Never change, Ray, never change yeah. with the free pancit in Kubo all the time. <laughs> but uh, in this pandemic though, it's hard to do that. There's no such thing. How do you bridge those and how you still get to network in the pandemic where Physical contact and physical networking is really pretty much not, not, as, not as much as we would like to. So right. we've been like really, uh, yeah, not in this pandemic. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Maybe right. those events that the Philippines are peak right now, you can talk to people, but it's not as, you know, yeah. Right. So you got to have to find uh, clever ways to get introductions, to get, you know, get in front of people. And again, actually, in, in my point of view, it's actually easier. Right, because if you tickle someone's fancy, it's you're literally just one step away from a call, right? Whereas before, if you go to a meeting, there's so many logistics that you have to figure out. You have to even fly it somewhere else just to meet someone, and then get rejected, which is more fucked up, right? Whereas here, if you just like do a call, you're just 15, 20 minutes away, and then you're gonna get your answer right away, if it's a positive thing or not, right? Yeah, true, true, that's true. But I think the face-to-face thing, for especially for a lot of older generation, mm. generation, they they you know, they prefer that. The eye and, yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, I don't think even if we do get the vaccine very soon, this this habit that's now been formed over the pandemic of getting people to do calls instead of doing face face meetings, especially if it's not that important, I think it's gonna stay for a while, right? Um, yeah. Because now people just appreciate like, oh shit, I can just fucking do an, uh, a hustle share interview with Ray while he's being in prayer and I'm here in the middle of nowhere. Right, so we're probably saving, uh, you know, almost half a million pesos a month now in foreign travels because we used to back in the day. Yeah, no more Las Vegas for the team quick. It is kidding. All right, now I want to uh, ask us again. We always talk about 
pitching, networking. But the, the real dirt and the real work and the real hustle happens not during the pitch, but during due diligence. What's your advice for people who say, okay, I uh, they got past the first meeting and now an investor is interested. And this is where you yeah. can drop the ball, literally. Create, What's your advice uh, you for should you should already created a due diligence folder in Google Drive. You, have, you, have, you have your scanned documents there, licenses, uh, SEC registration, financial statements. You know they check everything. Due diligence is financial and legal due diligence. Financial checks out whether your revenues are real, all that stuff, your bank accounts, and then the other one is uh, legal due diligence. Does this guy have? Does this company have enough licensing? Are they compliant? You know, uh, yeah. How many entities do they control? These things. Get right. them already in one folder and then just share it. That's correct. And that's called a VDR or a data room. Now, data guys, room. if you're going through this right now, so you got an investor, blah, blah, blah. Don't just give access to the data room without having an NDA because whatever's in that fucking folder is the most important sheets and the most important documents of your business. It's going to be your cap table, your again registrations and whatnot. Before you give access, you want to have a pledge from that potential investor that whatever he sees or she sees there is confidential. Okay, because you can't expect that everybody that sees that will eventually have a, um, you know, a signed contract. So to protect yourself as a startup founder, you always got to slip the NDA before you open thing, open your legs, per se. <laughs> because if you do give that out, anybody can just fucking see that if you don't have an NDA and then... Good luck. Yeah, we have an NDA for sure. But uh, I, I rarely have, have NDA signed only when the investor says, I'm okay to sign an NDA, but generally, I don't <laughs> Oh, well, due diligence, you know what they do? No, they, do uh, they do sign an NDA for due diligence, but not for the pitch. No, no, no. Again, this is for the data room after the pitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, after the pitch. That's right. Because, again, this is where we really go into the meat of the whole deal, and you have to protect yourself. Um, for for whatever you're gonna do now, I want to talk about um, scaling, Ray. Um, you mentioned that you know you, you want to be very, uh, very very particular about how you're gonna scale. What's the plan now for Quickwire uh, and acquire? Well, uh, you know, there's a saying uh, a unicorn has to be. There's three things a unicorn has to be able to do. Okay. You need to be better. You need to be faster and you need to be cheaper, right? So we have like a 92% satisfaction rate with all of our products, all of our users, right? So we're definitely better. But it takes us three months to launch a client. It takes us, you know, it's just a lot, it's, we're not faster. It also, uh, we're not also cheaper because the, the, the number one complaint is we're too expensive and, and yet they still use us, right? So uh, we, 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 tackle those issues, especially the speed of, uh, we focus on certain product lines that we offer for free and we modularize many of the integration components of the platform. Uh, so uh, rather than taking three months to launch, we can do it in two to three days. So so that one we, we just initiated, so we're faster now. <laughs> uh, and also cheaper side, we're, we're promoting, uh, we're in some markets, we're only charging at cost. And all of our international payments are actually zero percent MDR. So um, we're actually fifty. We reduce our fees by fifty percent because we were profitable for a while. We we couldn't really, you know, we, we spent like how much uh, eighty thousand dollars a month in in, in operations, right? Yeah. And we couldn't afford to reduce our fees because 
our revenue is the one that's covering that before. But now we have funding, we'll be able to reduce our, uh, our margins and, and you know, pass it on to the consumer. Plus it's a marketing expense, it's a, it's a yeah. you know, conversion. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, because we have money now to sustain us for the next three, three years, right? 30 months, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a trade off. I'm happy for you for hearing it again. Um, congratulations to you and the whole Quick Wire team. But Ray, before I let you go, what what else should they expect, and how do they reach out to you if they want to uh, collaborate and you know uh, get get, or if they want to join your team? You have a lot. Of, you can hire more people now, right? Uh, where do they reach out, and how do they do that? Well, we are still hiring a few more developers and uh, I think one more accountant. But after that, we're gonna stop hiring for a while. Um, we meet it. We've hired like 20 people the last this year compared to last year. So we're now 50. Uh, Where are you fitting these people? people? Or again, remote. They're probably remote, right? Yeah, a lot of them are remote. We also have an office in Publisher now. We can fit 25 Wow, right in your kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Right. Okay. So again, what 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 else? Can, where else can they reach out to you? If you want to reach out. Well, yeah, it, uh, we can reach out to our uh, to my email, Ray at quickwire You can email me directly. Uh, if they have a proposal, you want to work to, together. Yeah. If you want to sell him real estate, you do quickwire. <laughs> again, Ray, thanks very much. But before I let you go, follow you. whatever podcast app that you're listening to. If we did say some jargon, you didn't understand what the fuck we were talking about, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And again, if you want to part, be part of the community and how we grow this show, it's going to be the hustleshare community on Facebook. And lastly, if you have some message, or if you want to suggest a guest, just message us in our hustleshare chatbot at m.me slash hustleshare powered by chatbot bh. Again, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.